Morning, everybody. <clears throat> Luke, you are always a great encouragement, and uh, I hope today that everybody leaves here encouraged. That's uh, that's my goal. When, Rusty, if you're watching, you know when you announced that I'm speaking last week, the turnout was so big we had to change venues. So welcome to Lucas Oil Stadium, everybody. <laughs> Glad you could all make it. We could fit everybody in, and we get standing room only. The uh, but this is this topic for today. I, I had lunch with Nick Ford this week, and I was asking Nick for some help. And Nick said, "I only have this advice: for the love, just keep it short, please. I'm going to be with the kids. I just want to get out of there." So I promise this will be short. For whatever reason, this has been on my heart for months and months now. Is that in the Book of Acts, Christianity, the original name back in the Book of Acts, was the Way. It was called the way. I like that. I like that name better than Christianity. And it's not because I don't like Christians. I just think it's a better name. It's more fitting. And if you're a Mandalorian fan from, you know, I mean, that's, they also, it's, it's the way. It's a way of living. And we don't meatball in law and things like that. It's just a way of living. It's one that Ezekiel talked about long ago of having these things within us. So when we talk about the idea of, of this being the way, I think what we do when we talk to people about Christianity, I want to give them something to go to as opposed to something to move away from. And when I think about that, what comes to mind is the two trees in the garden. You have the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and you have the tree of life. What the world has is the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And they're trying to argue back and forth about which branch is good and which branch is evil. It'll never be settled. They can't agree. There's not a consensus at all. That's a tree of just strife with others and internally. I don't want to argue about which branch is better than another. I want to give something, people something to move to. And that's life. And Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And it's the tree of life. It's a way of living. He's the way. And that is within us. So all the way back in Ezekiel 36, 26, he says this. Ezekiel would love to be sitting with us right here, right now, because all he could hear about was what this future was going to be like, to have access to the Spirit within us to live out this abundant life. And Ezekiel 36, 26 says, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. So... I'll ask some questions. You can nod or raise your hands or whatever. Did you get a new spirit within you? You did. Did you get a new heart? You did. Did you get a new way? You did. You have a new way of going about this life. Jesus had nothing to gain by saying, I came that they'd have life and have it abundantly. He had nothing to gain by saying that. But that's exactly what he wants for us. And sometimes I think it helps as a parent. It's exactly what you want for your kids. I don't want my kids to behave. I want my kids to have an abundant life. And they may look similar, but you want what's best for them. We were talking at, at Bible study a couple weeks ago about this idea of grieving the Holy Spirit. It's because Jesus said, I came I want them to have life. It's like what I want for my kids. He wants that for us. He wants us to have an abundant life. He really does. This is not behaviorism. 
And too often Christianity gets caught up in behaviorism or they meet ball in just a couple laws and let's drop in just one tithe rather than the three tithes every year and there's just, it's bananas. The Spirit of God did not take up presence inside us to be dazzled by our performance. He took up presence inside us so that we would have a new way of living. We talk about this Spirit, I'll ask you this. Which spirit did you get? I mentioned this before. I, oftentimes I anchor verses of scripture to many of you here. And this is one I've anchored to Charlie Ward. Romans 8, 11 says, You have the exact same spirit that rose Christ from the dead. You didn't get the 60s version. You didn't get the 50s version. You didn't get the 2000s version. You have the exact same spirit that rose Christ from the dead. And I love how Rusty always stresses this. We have nothing over on any other Christian out there. They too have the exact same spirit that rose Christ from the dead. We just hope that we all can just encourage one another to this abundant life. Are you enjoying your faith? Are you enjoying your faith? Many of you know sometimes when I say goodbye to people, I'll say enjoy Jesus today. Because you know that's what he wants, right? The fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. It's what everybody wants. Every human on the planet wants that. And there's only one way to get that, and that's living by his life. You still have freedom. We're still free. We're free to act like a fool. But if you want access to the fruit of the Spirit, there's one way. He's the way. And all the glory to God for that. So this idea of like, again, just bringing in a little bit of law or meatballing, just a little bit of law here and there, just happens this past week at our Bible study. We were looking at, at Romans chapters 3 and 4. And Abraham is a character that... Oftentimes, you know, we, we like to say that our Bible study is about context. Was Abraham before the law? Yes, he was. Abraham was before the law. He was 400 plus years before the law. How was Abraham saved? By faith. How are you saved? By faith. And here's a trick question. How was Moses saved? By faith. Someone missed that Friday. We're going we're gonna to drop him down to the other study. <laughs> it's always been about faith. The whole book is about faith. The consistency through the entire 66 books is amazing. It's always about faith. How in the world did we ever bring in its faith plus works. It's faith plus a couple, let me cherry pick a couple laws that are self-serving to me, this ministry, the you know, finances, what we got going on, how to guilt more people to get butts in the seat. No, it's about faith. Faith is how you say, you're always about faith. From, from you know, Adam all the way to the book of Revelation, it's always been about faith. Always, always will be. And know this too, you enter by faith. He keeps you. He holds you. And we can get into these arguments and things like that. He chose me or this and that. I will tell you this. All of you here, my wife is here, my beautiful wife. This is our 30th year of marriage. 
I asked her to marry me. She said yes. I could say I chose her as my wife, but she said yes. Jesus knocked at the door. You entered a covenant relationship with him. You said yes to him. Who keeps you? He does. Even when you doubt him, he keeps you. Just know that we all go through trials, right? I see these faces. I know the souls. I know there's a lot of hurt here. A lot. But even in our dark times, he keeps you. Even when you waver in your faith, he keeps you. This life is not about not sinning. I, I, maybe I've said that before. I'm sure I have. This life is about living. And this is where I, I think the, the famous story about the woman caught in adultery. Right? When all the Pharisees and these, these men, they, they bring this woman in front of Jesus and they've all got rocks in their hand. Right? And they're going to stone this woman. And do you all remember what Jesus did right then? He didn't react because I'm sure his reaction would have been like what ours would have been if he had the power to call down lightning bolts on them and he didn't. He said, give me a second here. He sat down and he drew in the sand. He drew in the sand. What's interesting about that is this is in Exodus chapter 31 when Moses received the Ten Commandments. When he finished speaking with him upon the Mount Sinai, upon Mount Sinai, he gave Moses the two tablets of the testimony, tablets of stone written by the finger of God. The same finger that wrote those commandments that they were bringing this woman caught in adultery in front of him to kill, that same finger is doodling in the sand right in front of them. He who is without sin, let them cast the first stone. And what did they do? They all dispersed. There was penalty in the old covenant for various sins. And there's earthly consequences today for sins. But Jesus is more concerned about hearts. And this is my own opinion, this is my own theology. This is just mine. I don't, that you can check this and, and disagree. But what did Jesus then say to that woman? Go and sin no more. Now watch this, because there's other people that Jesus heals, and he says, your faith has made you well. I believe it's a pat on the back to someone to say, hey, go and sin no more. Knock yourself out with the law. Try and try and try. Just like the Sermon on the Mount, you have to be perfect like your Heavenly Father's perfect. You have to get to a point in your life when you see the utter futility of trying to achieve a high jump that's 150 feet off the ground. Oh, I'll never be able to do that. That was the point. That was the point of the law. Romans 5.20 says the law was given so that transgressions would increase. Don't let that verse slip by quickly. Really ponder that one. The law was given so that sin would increase. Is God hyper-focused on sin? Why would he create the law if he's hyper-focused on sin? He gave them the law so that they could more easily see that they needed a savior. He wants us to live. He doesn't want you to behave. He wants you to live, truly live. And that's available to us. 
Because there's other people, unlike this woman that, at, at, that was uh, caught in adultery, there's other people when he says, your faith has made you well. There's even a woman, there's a Canaanite woman. And I'll tell you this, I believe we will meet these people. <clears throat> if you beat me there, introduce me to this woman. I want to meet her someday. She came to Jesus because her daughter was demon-possessed. She wasn't even Jewish. Jesus said, no, 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 hey. I came for the lost sheep of Israel. I didn't come for you. I didn't come for the dogs. He referred to our ancestry as the dogs. He didn't come for the Irish. He came for the Jews. And this woman pressed confidently. That's why I want to meet this woman. Like, you knew who he was. And he pushed back and you pressed in. And Jesus was so impressed with this woman. He was like, did you guys see this? She's not even one of us. She has faith. She sees me as the Messiah, the promise of this religion. She sees me as the Messiah. She knows who I am. Her faith made her daughter well. That's faith. And praise God that this has been opened up to all of us and all the ancestries that are represented here. But he didn't come for anybody but the Jews. And it's been opened up to all of us. And praise God for that. <clears throat> the issue is faith. A good friend of mine, Bernie, says this, and I think he says it well. As he said, it's, the issue is not forgiveness. The issue is faith. With faith comes forgiveness. And Bernie's a friend of mine. We call him Johnny Appleseed. He scatters seed everywhere in the most ridiculous places. Places to me that just seem like parking lots. I'm like, Bernie, ain't nothing's going to grow there. No seed's going to grow there. And he never loses heart to scatter seed wherever he goes. But I've come to realize that his thought is much like Jesus he wasn't concerned about the behavior, he was concerned about the heart. When the heart changed, the behavior would change. We oftentimes get that backwards. When the heart changes, the behaviors will change. And there's a solution. And we all have things we all get tripped up on. You know, like we're addicted to any one thing in particular other than dopamine, right? Dopamine fires up in our brain for whatever it might be. It could be gambling, drinking, I mean, a whole list of things. And mine aren't better than yours. We've all got them. I don't know what makes the dopamine fire in your head. But we know that's what people are addicted to is that feeling. To don't think what you're, you know, what might trigger you is better or worse than someone else. We're all human. Dopamine's part of our flesh. It draws people in, and some people get stuck in a cycle. And, a, and it is brutal, and it spirals and spirals and spirals. If you want someone around you to help you come out of the spiral, man, there's a lot of people here, myself included, would love to talk to you. I don't care how big or small it is. Would love to help you come out of that spiral. You may have multiple ones. Right? I get it. We all get it. But we are all here today on a cold day to encourage one another to live. 
and to walk by faith. Because he's the way. <laughs> if, there's, if there's anything I found interesting about preparing for this is, is this, is that there were, there's three entrances at the temple. Going into the courtyard, going into the holy place, and going into the holy of holies. So each one of those doors, you know what the Jewish people called those doors? The way, the truth, and the life. <laughs> this was their everything. These were the three doors that, le that were in the temple, in the tabernacle. So when Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, they knew exactly what he was talking about. This thing is so Jewish. Christianity is anchored. It's rooted in Judaism. We are the way. Jesus was the conduit of our way out of the old covenant. And praise God for that. He's the way. Jesus is the way. He's your way. Live like who you are. Think like who you are. Know who you are. And enjoy Jesus today. Nick, I hope that was short enough for you. <laughs> Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this abundant life you've made available to all of us, each and every one of us. And Lord, we pray that we're encouraged to live by your life. And we see that you're a good God. You want the best for us. You're not some cosmic killjoy. You want the absolute best for us. And we're all grateful for you to have a loving Heavenly Father. Thank you for having us as your kids and your family. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.